Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sign Guy Nation, welcome to the show on another Friday afternoon. Sign Guy with you as usual. Chris Marks on assignment this week, but some show notes for you. If you are looking for some professional wrestling in the next couple of days, there is a lot happening Tonight, WCWO at the Outlaw Arena in Indianapolis, Indiana. FGW in Hamilton, Ohio. SOS in Tacoma, Washington. TCW in Henderson, Tennessee. APW in Bristol, Tennessee. Ohio Wrestling in Jeffersonville, Indiana at the Arena. And Spot Monkey Promotions in Bativia, Ohio. Tomorrow night, you can find myself at Northwest Pro in Vaughan, Washington at the Deep Peninsula Civic Center. Timber Pro Wrestling happening in Everett, Washington, their debut in Everett. Defy Wrestling in Seattle, Washington. EWP in Vincennes, Indiana. New Era Wrestling in Thornton, Colorado. Springtide in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Gouge promoting the annual Redneck Rumble event in Raleigh, North Carolina. ACW in Bell, North Carolina. AWA in Blytheville, Arkansas. Big Time Wrestling in Chillicothe, Ohio. RLL in San Jose, California, ECW in Mesa, Arizona, 907 Pro Wrestling in Anchorage, Alaska, BMFX in Lafayette, Indiana, NGW in Burnettsville, Indiana, IPW in Muncie, Indiana, RCW in South Bend, Indiana, MMWA in St. Louis, Missouri, MSWA in Rockwood, Tennessee, WTF in Fortville, Indiana, ARW in Lake Station, Indiana, ICW in Red Bank, Tennessee, TWA in Pikeville, Tennessee tomorrow. So there is a lot of professional wrestling happening in the next couple of days. If you have some near you, Go out and support your local independent promotions, wherever they may be. Go buy yourself some merchandise, be it from the promotion or from the individual wrestlers. That always helps. Don't forget, you can find me at Northwest Pro. Chicken Bob will also be there, so make sure you join us for that. Our guest today, Keith Atakulakua, not yet with us, so we will wait on the chief to make his way to the show today. Chief, I believe, just finishing up some work, so he should be here shortly, we hope. 
Also tomorrow at noon Pacific time, you can catch the Coach Mike Jones Show, Coach's Guest 4 tomorrow, Turnbuckle Turmoil Hall of Fame member Aaron Bolo. Bolo will be joining Coach. I will probably be on for the first part of that show. Always a pleasure to talk with Aaron Bolo for sure. So make sure you have plans to join Coach tomorrow. Also, the rest of our schedule this coming Sunday, at least for part of the show, we're hoping to have Kevin Sullivan on. He is going to be talking to us live from a convention. So we hope to have Kevin Sullivan and pick his brain a little bit. Also a Turnbuckle Turmoil Hall of Fame member. One week from this very day, out of the great state of Maine, we have Teddy Henderson. On the 19th, we have the president of professional wrestling, Philip Stamper. Two weeks from this very day, we have Miss Misty Dawn. She is a former professional wrestler out of the great state of Kansas and former member of Dick the Bruiser's WWA. The 26th, we have Bobby Blaze. The 31st of this month, we wrap up the month with the promoter of Paul Cade, Chad French. We always have Chad French on to talk Paul Cade. This one, apparently the final Paul Cade. We'll get more into that with him. On April 2nd, we are making up big ramps up errands. He had technical issues the other day, so we make that up on the 2nd. On the 7th, we have Bob Cook with us, and on the 9th, we're going to have a special debut. John Davidson's young son will be talking about amateur wrestling and his hopes to join the pro ranks, but right now, I believe our guest has joined us. I want to bring him on, one of our all-time favorite guests to have on this show, Chief Atacula Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. How you been? Doing very well, Chief, and I want to thank you for taking the time to be with us today. I know uh, you have been talking about wrapping things up in ring, and your last match in ring is coming up soon. But, of course, more importantly than even that last match, we want to ask you, how is your health doing right now? We know you had some injuries and some health concerns going on for the last couple of years, but how are you doing now? I'm not feeling too bad right now. Um, you know, of course, I have lingering knee issues with both my knees and one of my ankles, and I got an elbow that I'm going to have to get some uh, pieces taken out of one of these days, but... Um, Actually, the, little, the you know the break I've had because I've only done since last April. I've only done um, since the end of last April. I've only had one match, and uh, so everything's kind of healed up a little bit. I'm feeling better than I have in a long time, actually. That is always good to hear. We're glad that you are feeling better. And for our fans listening, especially the long-term fans of this show. They might be wondering why we haven't announced the annual Hall of Fame inductee for the Turnbuckle Turmoil Hall of Fame. Reason being this year, we are very pleased to announce that accepting the nomination and going into this year's Hall of Fame, 
Chief Atakulakula. Chief, we're going to be very thrilled to have you in the Hall of Fame. Thank you for accepting. It's going to be a big pleasure on our parts for sure. Well, well thank you for uh, inducting me in. It, it's been, you know, I've been uh, coming out to the Pacific Northwest for, what, a decade now, I think, and uh, I don't know how many appearances I've made on your show over the years, but I've made periodically. I think I've been on there just about every year at some point, and uh, so so it's uh, – that's, that's, it means a lot to me just because I've, I've been so involved with uh, with all of you for so long. Well, you were an easy choice. We all sat down to come up with who goes in this year, and it was a quick process this year. Well, I do. I greatly appreciate it. Oh, you spoke of coming to the Pacific Northwest for the last several years. And unfortunately, in the last few weeks, one of the men that you worked for up here, Dan Klosser, passed away. I know you worked for Dan for quite a while for a couple of different of his promotions. Mm-hmm. We are going to miss Dan and his antics for sure, but could you share a little bit about your remembrances of working for Dan? Yeah, I think I worked for Dan for probably about um, three and a half years, I would say, probably a period that I worked for him. And uh, I used to come out three or four times a year for NWWA mainly. And then, of course, when they, when they had the side promotion, uh, Revolutionary Pro, um, I, did a, I, I did a couple of shows for them on that. Um, they had a shorter run, but I, I think I did. I think I did two shows for that, but I was on oh, probably over – Three and a half years, I'm sure I did at least probably 12 in WWA shows, maybe more. And, um, yeah, it was always a, it was always a great time at NWWA. I came, I came out, and I, I stayed with the Klossers in their home. And, uh, and uh, you know, it was, they're very, very fond memories. Unfortunately, when you start to get older like I am, I've, I've seen so many people in the last few years um, that I've worked with and that I've worked for have, have passed on, and some of them are some of them are even younger than me. Um, Dan was a, was a little bit older than me, but uh, but yeah, that's one of the unfortunate things about getting old is we start to lose more and more people, and it's it's it's, it's kind of sad, you know, when you when you get up there and you start seeing everybody around you that you've worked with and known for years, you know, start disappearing. It's it's uh, it takes a little toll on you mentally. You know? Definitely so. I agree with you there. Uh, In the last few years, one of the places that you would frequent, maybe not on a regular basis, but you made several appearances, was Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico Mm -hmm. is sort of a different place as far as professional wrestling goes compared to the United States or Canada or Japan. The fans there can get very into the matches. They can become out of control at points. It's a more aggressive fan base. They like a lot of blood and guts type of action. What drew you to wrestling in Puerto Rico, and how did you get involved with wrestling for the promotion down there? I've been going on to Puerto Rico, I think, this this will be like the 12th year. This will actually be my 38th trip to Puerto Rico. 
So, so in in the last uh, twelve years, I've wrestled there about as much as I've wrestled anywhere. <laughs> you know, in, in the last decade, because I, I probably uh, so, several years I probably made it out there more more trips than I made it to uh, the Pacific Northwest, even so, or at least the same amount. So yeah, Puerto Rico has been a, a definitely in the last eleven, twelve years has been a a major major market for me. Um, you know, the, the Puerto United people probably see everything I posted over the years. I mean, I'm a heel down there, so I'm the bad guy, but like I have a very great love in my heart for the Puerto Rican people and the island. I have a lot of friends on the island and um, that I'm very, very tight with. And I mean, I, I'll, I'll always, I'll always, uh, I've always said for a long time now that I wanted my last match. I will have something else coming up in the States, but I wanted my last match to be in Puerto Rico, my last big match. And, um, and uh, that's just, you know, it's it's a style like you know I was kind of associated with hardcore a lot of my career. I mean, if you look at how many hardcore matches, it, I kind of got pigeonholed with that for a big period of time. But if you look at how many hardcore matches I actually did a year, some of them were very extreme, so they're the ones that kind of stand out to people. But I actually did a lot more regular matches over the you know throughout each year than I do hardcore matches. But the hardcore matches are kind of what I became known for, and um, that's a very big thing in Puerto Rico. You know, if, if they go to a night of wrestling and the main event doesn't have blood in it, then they're not going to go home happy in Puerto Rico. That's kind of how it works, you know. And um, so at least the main event's got to have 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 some have some violence in it. And uh, so that's what originally got me booked down there. And um, and and uh, you know, I got uh, booked down there first originally with PRWA, and uh, then then I went to uh, IGWA, and then. Um, I did a couple freelance for a couple smaller promotions over there, but I've been with with HSW now for probably seven years. I'm thinking about seven years or so, and and actually, um, my final match will be on their 30 year anniversary show. So they've been, I, I think, they're, I believe, next to W uh, WWC, they are the second longest running promotion on the island. One of the people that also became synonymous with Puerto Rico is someone that had a very big run up here in the Pacific Northwest at one point, that being Luke Williams, famously of the Sheep Herders slash Bushwhackers. Mm-hmm. He booked Puerto Rico for a long time. I see similarity yeah. in Luke and yourself as far as style goes, and I believe also kind of the mind for the business and what works and what doesn't seem similar. Have you been compared often to Luke Williams? Um, no, that's probably the first time that I've heard it. But ironically, Luke Williams is the person that helped me get down there the first time. <laughs> um, he um, he was booking IWA at the end of the they're, they're kind of down there now with Savio running it, but IWA at, was at the end of their first run where they kind of uh, shut down, and um, Luke was booking for it. And I had gotten a hold of Luke because I, I had met him a couple times over the years, and he was booking, and I got a hold of him. But they were getting ready to shut down, and he's the one that that uh, that uh, kind of hooked me up with PRWA. So he actually was instrumental somewhat in me getting my first booking in Puerto Rico. But, yeah, I was always oh. a fan of the Sheep Herders, uh, the few different carnations, you know, incarnations of them back 
when they were the sheep herders before they were the bushwhackers before they became more of a comedy team but yeah the the bushwhackers were or the or the sheep herders were some of the original hardcore guys kind of you know uh some of the stuff they did down in southwest championship wrestling in texas and you know and, and across the south mid-south uh, bill watts and uh they were they were kind of uh they were kind of hardcore before hardcore was cool well we Gotten another first year, your first time being compared to Luke Williams. So we're breaking all kinds of ground here today. That's that's a good person in my mind to be compared to, though. And he's still out there. I mean, Luke's a lot older than me. He's got to be up probably in his, what, early 70s now at least. And he's, he's still out there doing tag team matches on indie shows and stuff. Yep. And he's still out there doing it, so... He's not only doing it, he's doing it fairly well. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you know, he he does it smart. He 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 keeps it simple, and he and he knows it's a lot about character and uh, kind of um, you know the old school way, a little bit different than than uh, the direction wrestling's went these days. But but the old school stuff like we do still works. Uh, you know, where you get drama out of a crowd and, and you can be a character. It, it, you know, it doesn't have to be all about the high-flying moves. There's all kinds of different styles of wrestling, and they all still work. Absolutely. Uh, besides Luke Williams, one of the other people that you've been affiliated with, both sides of the equation over the last several years, is Diafula Debashi. He's been nursing an injury for the last couple of years, but is looking to make his way back, possibly managing before getting back in full steam ahead with the entering career. But you and Debashi have had not only a lot of wars against each other, you've teamed up as the world powers, and you've Mm -hmm. been to a lot of places with Debashi. Can you tell us a little bit about the relationship with yourself and Diafula the Butcher Debashi. Yeah, when when I was, um, you know, got hooked up with the AIWF probably, well, it's probably over a decade ago now, probably, that's probably about 12 years ago too. Um, you know, I was the North American heavyweight champion before they were kind of grooming me to be their world champion. And uh, Debashi, you know, was working for an affiliate up there, and he, you know, he's become, him and Beast are, you know, my two best, you know, to my two best friends in wrestling, but um, I didn't know Debashi at the time, and and uh, he worked for Ron Von Hess up there then, and they were an, they were an AIWF affiliate, and he saw that I had become the North American Heavyweight Champion, and he started issuing all these promo challenges on Facebook, and tagging me and all this stuff, and that's actually how we you know because he wanted a, a, a title shot, and that's actually how we hooked up. Um, I came out there and had that. Uh, match that um first match i had with him i'm pretty sure you were were you the referee for that yes i was yeah the one all over that uh, at the suquamish or at the uh at the reservation there yeah you were the referee for that i was thinking you were and um and we had that match and then you probably remember later on we had a feud all across the country all the way it went from the pacific northwest all the way over to the east coast um, and we did the best of 13 series for the AIWF all over the country. Even wrestled, you know, had a thing down at Abdullah the Butcher's restaurant down in, in Georgia, and and um, 
And then later on, we teamed up and became the world powers, and that's been going on for a long time now. We we had Petrov involved and uh, and uh, Roy Lovejoy and and uh, you know we we wanted to do uh, at least with we kind of Debashi and I got out a little more around the country, and we kind of wanted to do uh, one last run with the world powers. They people always wanted to book, and we we're always in demand different places across the country. And then of course his injury happened because we uh, actually became a babyface team in California, Northern California, there for Rumble and Redwoods, and we were kind of a huge babyface team there, which is ironic because we were, we were not a babyface team anywhere else in the country. But um, after that first Rumble and Redwoods we did, and then he got injured, and that's kind of kind of put a you know damper and all that. We were, you know, and we, and we did some World Power stuff around the same time in Chicago. And it was going over really big. And then because uh, we kind of, after we didn't do it for a few years, we kind of brought it back there and then he got injured. Of course, now he's been nursing this injury for a couple of years and he says he's getting ready to come back. But unfortunately, I'm getting ready to leave. So um, we've probably seen the last of the world powers, at least in this incarnation, unfortunately. We never did get our chance for that last run because it kind of got cut short. But. But yeah, he's definitely you know we know he was my best man at my wedding at my last wedding. He's uh, um, him and, and and Wild Man Beast are probably my two best friends in this business. Someone else that I know you have wrestled, I believe, a few times is someone that is instrumental in me getting into the wrestling business. He's someone I've known longer than. Anyone else you want to name in the wrestling business? Very first met him when I was around nine years old, that being Bobo Brazil Jr. Bo mm-hmm. has the reputa- reputation of having that hardest chop in the industry. It sends shivers down opponents years later when they're just thinking of it. You mm-hmm. had some wars with Bobo. Can you tell us? how things went wrestling the legendary Bobo Brazil Jr. I love wrestling Bobo because we both get in there and boy, we have, we have chopped the shit out of each other. That's for sure. Over the years. And he did, he does. Um, you know, I'm kind of known for my chop too. And, and probably of everybody that I've wrestled over the years, I would rank his, his chop as the hardest one I've probably taken. Um, you take he's very just, hard ones. Yep, yep, all over the world, Puerto Rico, you know, Canada, across the United, United States, Mexico. But, yeah, he's – I would still rank and, – and, you know, I hooked up with Bobo, known him for a long time, but we didn't actually wrestle each other until uh, probably in the last six years, you know, um, is when we'd, we'd known each other and been on shows together forever, but nobody ever booked us against each other until about six years ago, and then we did a series of, of matches in Ohio and Indiana in the, over in that area of the Midwest. And uh, and uh, so, you know, Bobo was up in age. He's still out there doing it. I know I saw he was on a show last weekend, but, um, you know, he's at least a decade older than me probably. And uh, I just turned 57 last Sunday, but so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking he's probably about 10 years older than me. But, yeah, so when, when we hooked up, he was already in his 60s when we when we had our first match together, and uh, he's still hardest chop I've ever taken. I mean, but, but I wouldn't even I wouldn't even I don't know who the next comparable person would be to tell you the truth. 
But yeah, I, I just love I just love uh, getting in the ring with the guy though. You know, it's it's uh, and it's funny because Bobo is predominantly a baby face, um, but um, and he had wrestled Marion, Ohio for a different promotion than me. But he came into my, uh, the my my home promotion over there to wrestle me, and I was a baby face at the time there. And Bobo actually got booed, so he wrestled as a heel everywhere else. I wrestled him all over Indiana, where he's been huge for years in Michigan and those areas. He was always the baby face, but when we went into Ohio, I was the baby face, and and that was that was a lot of fun, um, because it was a little different. I had never seen him be the heel before, and uh, he actually did a very good job of it. <laughs> I can believe it for sure. So I don't know if you've ever wrestled him directly, but when people compare the chops, it's usually at least in the Midwest. Indiana, Ohio, Illinois area, Bobo Brazil Jr. and Diceman Ronnie Vegas neck and neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know uh, Diceman Ronnie Vegas. I've never actually. It's another one I've been on shows with. We've never actually been in the ring together though. There's there's some guys that I've known for a long time in this business that oddly, you know, there's some guys I've known for 20 plus years, been on a lot of shows with them, and we never. We never ended up in the ring together, which is kind of ironic. There's a, there's quite a few people I wish I I would have got to work with that I've known for a long time that I've never actually been in there with. And um, you know, it's just I don't know. Sometimes you end up and you and the other guy are both you know heels forever in that area, or you and the other guy are faces, and they just don't want to put you against each other. So, but there there's several people that I would have loved to face over the years that I never really got the opportunity to. But I've been on a lot of shows with. <laughs> Now, you've been around long enough to know in the wrestling industry, especially with the advent of the independent system of wrestling and with social media, sometimes bookings can get very strange as far as what promoters want you to do, be it because of the location of their show, the venue, the type of show that they're actually promoting that type of thing. What's the strangest booking that you've ever accepted? The strangest thing they wanted me to do? Oh, the strangest one you actually accepted. I'm trying to think. I mean, I've, I've accepted bookings and then got there and they wanted me to do something strange after I got there. Um, I had one company, this was a long time ago, probably 20 years ago. And, you know, I've been, I've been around this July, it'll be 37 years since my first match. And my first match was in 1986, but, um, I had a, and I had a match and I would have probably already been in the business 17 years and was pretty well known. And it was here, it was actually here, um, in a little town, Clinton, Iowa, kind of a river town over here. Um, uh, Tugboat Taylor was from there originally and stuff, and then Chaz. Um, but uh, they they so I, I it was so in this area and I've been wrestling like 17 years, so everybody know me and knew me in the area and I've always done the same gimmick my entire life. It's been Chief Atacula Kula from the, my very first match. I started out with a black mohawk. Um, literally two months in, I had the pink mohawk and it's kind of been that. I went black one other time for. Um, a promotion wanted me to for a little bit, 
with the black mohawk, but I pretty much always had the pink mohawk and everything over the years. And so I was very already pretty well known and pretty established after 17 years in, and I went into this town in Iowa where I'm from, and the promoter wanted me, and, I, and all you know, you know, you've seen all my gear, all my gear, everything's Native American. And the promoter wanted put me in a six-man tag match that night, but he didn't want me to be Chief Atacula Kula. He wanted me, and I didn't know that until I got there, he wanted me to be a punk rocker because of my pink mohawk. And I'm like, but everybody knows who I am. I've been wrestling, not for that company, but I've been wrestling here in Iowa, you know, my entire life because that's where I, you know, I'm based out of. And I'd been in it at sub, about 17 years at that point. And uh, all my gear was Native American, so, you know, <laughs> but he wanted me to wrestle as a punk rocker in this six-man tag match. So I thought that was kind of weird. And announced me as a different name. Which probably would have led to chance of Chief Atacula Kula. It did. <laughs> they announced me as something, it. and I went out there, and the fans were quiet at first, kind of confused, and they're like, that's Chief. And then they started chanting Chief, and it just it, it didn't work. But, you know, I went out there and tried to do what he was paying me to do, you know. But, yeah, I didn't know until I got to the building. I'm like, I don't have any different gear. Like, this is – they know who I am, and all my gear is Native American. So that's probably one of the strangest things that – anybody's asked me to do and I don't I didn't know it when I took the booking or I probably wouldn't have but yeah after I took it and got there I'm like well I'm not gonna you know not wrestle because I was there and and uh and so I'm like we'll do this but yeah it didn't work <laughs> but that was one of the strangest requests I've had to do you know do anything uh that I can think of right off the top of my head And you mentioned being there in Iowa, and Iowa was a spot during the territorial days where there was a lot of professional wrestling for different promoters. I know the AWA would occasionally drop down into Iowa, but you also have the Central States Territory that ran Iowa quite a bit, uh, Bulldog Bob Brown and Bob Geigel's promotion. Mm -hmm. Were you a big fan of what was going on in Iowa as far as the territories went, or did you prefer something else out of professional wrestling? When I was younger, um, uh, you know, um, coming up to the 70s, what, what we got in my area was what was Central States out of Kansas City, which was Bob Geigel's, which wasn't one of the more popular promotions. I loved it growing up, but, you know, around the country, it was known as a smaller drawing territory than other places. But, um, yeah, I grew up with Central States, and then on a UHF channel, I could get AWA, but Central States came into Cedar Rapids. I was in Iowa City, so that was only 25 miles north of me, so my dad would take me up there, um, and they went into Des Moines, and my grandparents lived there. It was about an hour and a half from me, so sometimes we'd go over there. But, um uh, they, they, you know, Vern and and, and uh, Bob got along. Vern Gagne owned AWA, and, and Bob Geigel owned Central States got along, and they traded talent sometimes. So they kind of split the state, the northern half of the state, you know, up towards Minnesota because Vern was out of Minnesota. Vern promoted, like, Waterloo and then the Quad Cities area. So he'd go into the Coal Ballroom in Waterloo, or, I mean, in um, the Quad Cities, and that was about an hour from me. So sometimes I would make it over there to see an AWA show too. So I kind of got to see both. Um, but I, I remember I'd, I'd have to, like, 
move the rabbit ears around to get the UHF channel, and I could watch AWA, like, late on Saturday night, but it was kind of fuzzy, but I could still watch it. Some nights it would come in good, you know, <laughs> depending on the weather. But, of course, you know, the the NWA and Bob Geico on Central States was on our local channel, so I, I followed all that. Um, you know, they had, like, uh, Bulldog then, who I, I, I worked later on for, for Geigel. He After he left the NWA, he, he changed the NWA Central States over to WWA, and, and I'd worked over there with him a little bit, and Mike George was over there then. But, um, uh, but yeah, when I was watching, there was, like, Harley. Um, there was Bulldog Bob Brown. Ron Starr was young then. Dewey Robertson before he's a missing link. Um, Colonel Buck Robley was a huge heel, excellent heel back then, and I think he was the booker a lot of time. You know, sometimes he was the booker, sometimes Bob was. Um, of course, we didn't know that back then at the time, but um, Colonel Buck Robley was like the big heel, Bruiser Bob, Sweet Tan. So I grew up watching all those guys. And then um, later on, my my dad was always into the newest technology, so we got one of those big satellite dishes in our backyard where you could rotate it and all that. And, and um, then I was able to get, like, uh, uh, a lot of other stuff, a lot of the WWE stuff from the East Coast. I was able to get Devon Eriks out of Texas, and I was able to get Southwest Championship Wrestling out of San Antonio, which was totally Blanchard's dad's promotion, which for a long time became my favorite promotion to watch. And they had the Sheep Herders. They had Bruiser Brody. Um, they had Joe LaDuke. Um, they had, of course, Tolly Blanchard. Gino Hernandez was young then. Um, so then I got to watch a lot of that when I was going into my teen years and, and really Southwest Championship Wrestling, where I first saw the Sheep Herders um, and Bobby Duncan, or not Bobby Duncan, but um, Bobby Jaggers, who had been in Central States for Geigel, was down there. So I knew he was. Bruiser Bob Sweetan went down there later on, was oddly a face down there because I knew him as a heel up here. He most hated guy, him and him and Colonel Buck Robley. He went down to Texas. He became Mr. Piledriver, and he was a big face down there. So that was confusing at the time when you're young, you know. Um, but he was loved down there. But yeah, then I, I started seeing a lot of that, and and um, I liked, you know, I liked what the Von Ericks were doing too. But I actually, at the time, Southwest Championship Wrestling out of San Antonio, for a long time, was my my favorite go to promotion. And it was really kind of a blood and guts territory, you know. They had Joe LaDuke, Abdullah would come in and out. They, you know, they had Bruiser Brody, so it was very, you know, and the Sheep Herders, so it was kind of a very violent territory. Uh, more than more than the Von Erichs, you know, up in Dallas war. Well, Chief, we are getting down to the last bit of the show for today. Number one, I want to thank you once again for being on today. We always appreciate having you here. Number two, I want to welcome you to the Turnbuckle Turmoil Hall of Fame as we induct you for 2023. The plaque will be on its way to you very shortly and of course lastly anything that you would want to say to the fans plug and promote anything and everything you wish floor is yours i just want you know i want to thank everybody who's you know all the fans who've loved me or hated me booed me or cheered me you know i mean that came out to see me one way or another for like 37 years you know it's hard to believe it's it's kind of like bittersweet you know i'm i'm ready to be done See, a lot of people thought I would die in the ring. My wife always said that. Nobody thought I'd ever leave, but I think it's getting to the point. Um, I mean, I've, you know, I could have been booked all year still. I was still getting 
bookings offered all the time. There's still companies that are trying to talk me into not, you know, retiring. But I think it's kind of like started to – it feels right right now, and it, it, I think it's time their business has changed so much. Um, I don't want to be, you know, one of those bitter old guys, which I was becoming, the way the business has changed. And, of course, we never like change, but it's, it's kind of starting to pass me by somewhat, I think. So I think the time was right to get out. I got a match April 29th in Rio Grande, Puerto Rico on the HSW 30-year anniversary show. Mr. Dollar, one of my big rivals down there, it's actually his last match, too. Um, he's he's only been coming down. He moved to the States a few years ago, about three years ago, and he's only been coming down for like two big shows a year down there. So he was somewhat semi-retired at this point, and he wanted his last match to be with me. And I, that's, you know, when I was going to do my last match, they're like, he, he wanted his last match to be with you. So he wants to do it. That night will be his last night too. Um, I have I'll have one other match that'll that hasn't been announced yet, so I can't really see anything about that. It'll be in the United States, um, and uh, coming up here around the same time as my match in Puerto Rico. So I will have one last appearance in the states here. I'll still be around. You're still going to see me at shows sometimes. Like I'll, most of my friends are in the business, like you all, and uh, so I'm still gonna you know. Um, Raul Sanchez, who I had a big feud with in Puerto Rico, who who, who died uh, um, last last January from COVID. He he, um, they're going to do a tribute show to him in Puerto Rico, and his family wanted me to be a part of it. So I I don't know if I'll wrestle on it. They led left that up to me, but they at least wanted me to be at the show and make an appearance. So I'll be back in Puerto Rico for that sometime uh, later this year or the beginning of next year. Um, like I said, I'm still going to be around. I told all the guys I'm still going to show up at some shows and just hang out in the back and watch the shows. Still going to support all my friends. Um, I've been inducted in a lot of Hall of Fames over the last, probably over the, especially the last seven, eight years, ten years maybe. I think I'm in like 16 or 17 of them now. But uh, you know, being being inducted in your Hall of Fame is probably the last one. I'm guessing I'll go into, and I've known you all for a long time now, and I've been on your show a lot, like I said, so it's really an honor that I wasn't expecting. Um, so I just wanted, I want you guys to know how much I appreciate you, and I just appreciate everybody everybody who's supported me over the years. It's been a long run, but everything has to come to an end at some point, and um, hopefully, hopefully – uh, I got out before everybody got tired of me. Some guys hang around way too long, and I didn't want to see that happening. And um, I just, uh, uh, I just uh, hope that you know I got out quick enough that my health's not too bad. I don't want to be one of the crippled up guys. You know, I was trained by Ox Baker back in the day, and towards the end, Ox was not getting around too well. Uh, wrestling takes a toll on your body, as we all know, but. Uh, but no, overall, I'm I'm uh, very grateful for the career I've had, and uh, and uh, I've met a lot of a lot of good people. You know, there's a lot of questionable people in this business, as we all know, that are in it. But I've met a lot of good people that have become lifelong friends, and uh, that that friendship's not going to end with with me being out of the business. I'm still going to keep in touch with people. Um, you get a hold of me down the road and wanted me to come back on the show again, even if I'm not wrestling anymore, you know, that doesn't mean I still wouldn't make appearances and come on and uh, talk about things or, you know, talk about uh, history or talk about current, current product. Um, I'm always willing to do that. So I'll always be somewhat, you know, at least watching the business or, or uh, 
around the business, even though I'm not actually wrestling anymore. So I just want I just want to I want to thank everybody. I want to thank all you guys. I want to thank the fans. Everybody's had me on their podcast and their shows over the years, who have made me relevant. I just want to thank everybody, and I I love everybody who's been a part of this. You know you're always welcome here. That won't change regardless of anything. And Dimitri sends his best to you. He says to tell you hi. So hi from Dimitri. Oh, Dimitri, I said hi. It's been a while. Absolutely. You got it. Now, Chief, as we wrap this up, I want to thank you again. It's been a pleasure not only to have you on here, but to have worked directly with you in the ring Maybe we'll get to do it down the road sometime. You never say never in the wrestling business. And like I said, you always got a home here whenever you would like. Fans, if you've not gotten familiar with Chief Hatakula Kula at this point, you should definitely change that. Check out his stuff on YouTube. Research him. Fantastic talent. You'll definitely enjoy him. We'll be back with you Sunday afternoon as we're joined by Kevin Sullivan also a member of the Turnbuckle Turmoil Hall of Fame. Everybody stay safe out there. Go support your local independents, and we'll talk to you soon. Whoa!